again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. I am Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. We are SB Nation's site that covers Orlando City and the Orlando Pride and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. It's episode number 272, and I am going to welcome back into civilization my co-host from Tallahassee, David Rowe. Dave, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. As you mentioned, I've been out in the woods camping with the fam oh good time was had by all it wasn't wasn't severe camping it was car camping so you know we had a camp stove and made like chili and jambalaya so you know there was no uh you know foraging for berries or anything like that it was we were well fed okay i was too i didn't go anywhere (laughs) uh there was no game to recap the nope. Lions were off, the Pride are done for the season, and we just await the game a week from tonight as we record this on Tuesday night. Obviously, it will affect our our schedule for next week, but we will, we will record on Wednesday night next week because on Tuesday night, Orlando City will be in Nashville to play Nashville SC in the first round of the 2021 MLS Cup playoffs, and we will talk a little bit more about Nashville later in the show. We'll give our predictions and our key matchups. We've, you know, these, these teams have met three times already this season, so it's not going to be probably too surprising what we say about it. <laughs> no, it's not. And we will have to see how it goes. So there really wasn't a whole lot of news out of the Pride or the Lions this week. There's the persistent rumor that uh, West Brom would love to have Daryl D.K., uh, come and join them, and at this point, it's a rumor. And if they want them, pay up. Right. <laughs> He's actually been, you know, contributing goals recently. Yeah. Yes, and much, pretty much throughout his career so far. So here is my, uh, I think, an item, a good item of discussion before we talk a little bit about the Olympic qualifying on the men's side not Olympic, World Cup qualifying on the men's side, uh, is I have an idea. Orlando City has a couple of DPs with expiring contracts. Not -hmm. really sure how we're going to see the team go. We we expect some wealth money will will be spent. That's not the same as Garber Bucks. This is real, actual cash. (laughs) And we expect that all three DP slots will get filled this off season, whether it's bringing back Nani and Pereira and adding a third, or uh, whether it's uh, getting new ones, who knows? We don't really know what's going to happen. Maybe some of that depends on what the team does from here on out. I mean, uh, it's we're about to go on a playoff run here. If the playoff run is one and done, you may see some more likelihood of movement. Uh, if it if this team goes to the MLS Cup. You know, the, and, and those guys want to come back. I think the team would be happy to have them back if that was the case. So we'll have to yeah. see how it goes. But here's an idea that I've been kicking around. And I know that the man wants to go play in Europe. But how about designated player Daryl DK? Well, I know that you and I and probably the listeners love that idea because we don't want him to go to Europe. Now, if he goes, we'll wish him well. Mm-hmm. I think the only issue with that 
wouldn't necessarily be the money, but it might be the lure of the EPL is too strong to resist. Mm-hmm. What we don't know is really what is out there, what's being done, what's being talked about, what the what offers might be available. Of course, that all is going to come into play. But you know, Daryl's still a fairly young guy, and mm-hmm. West Brom will have to earn promotion. Yeah. So if it's West Brom, you're not you're going to the second tier. From watching the games, I don't think that the second tier in England is notably better than MLS. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say notably. No. I think that they have some teams that are certainly head and shoulders above MLS teams, and a bunch of teams that probably would be right, you know, fit slot right in here in MLS. But also, you know, he's a guy who. You know, I, I if you got a chance to play in the big leagues, you know the big four as they call them over in uh, Europe, and play on a good side, then you you take that for sure. But if you can get the same money or similar money, and stay home and play where you're already a folk hero, and still have the opportunity, if you develop your game to get to where you want to be in a couple years, like maybe a two year deal. Yeah. Um, I think that that might be enticing. Well, if you're getting enough money, you know, we can we can stop, you know, speaking around it. If Daryl DK is paid enough money to stay in Orlando for a year or two with the idea that he improves his stock and gets to a better side in one of the big four, rather than, like you say, West Brom or somebody fighting relegation, that's, you know, if he's getting big time money here, that's a... Uh, I would agree with you. That's a better path because if you get over there and you, you get on with somebody and you end up getting relegated or you're fighting to for promotion, how much are you really getting seen mm-hmm. versus, you know, being a big star in, in Orlando and in MLS? Yeah, and we really don't want a situation where it's like a Matt Miazga situation or something like that, where somebody goes over there and they kind of get buried and, and you never hear from them uh, and, and they're not getting playing time. So they're not getting to impro- uh, I should say impress their national team coach and that kind of thing. So, you know, it, I'm just throwing it out there that it's a possibility that it, it and I'm not saying that it, it will happen or it could happen. I mean, the one thing that has to happen is that Orlando City needs to manage Daryl's exit in a way that, doesn't leave a sour taste in his mouth because we've already had issues with Kyle Laren and with Chris Mueller. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no third strikes as far as this player management stuff goes. Yeah. So uh, you, some, sometimes they've been okay with it. Like the, the Yoshio tune departure was amicable. Everything worked out, but that hasn't always been the case with players and, the other players that I just mentioned that have what they have in common with Daryl is they're drafted players from the super draft. Yeah. Drafted players from the super draft, uh, first round, uh, draftees, uh, high up, even first round draftees. And, and also, you know, put something onto the field. I mean, they, they didn't come in and, and flop. They, you know, they, they put in the goals, they put in the time. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm sure we would all love to see Daryl back. Uh, but if you're going to pay Daryl, you know, DP money, he's got to maintain a consistent form. He's got to put more like 
15 or more goals up a year if you're going to pay a mm-hmm. striker to be a DP. You've got to get 15 out of them, I think. And that's something that Orlando City got, what, 17 out of Kyle the first year, and then I think 14 and 12, I think, is what he ended up with on a progressively worse team his second and third year. So right. he was fairly, um, I think he was fairly consistent over the course of his career here with the exception of, you know, having his, uh, his run-in with the law with the DUI which uh, kind of put him out of sorts for a bit. But, um, you know, you want you want Daryl to come in, and Daryl's certainly capable of scoring 15 to 20 goals in this league if he continues to develop his game. His game is very good for this level already, so it doesn't really take a whole lot more to get there. He's also going to need some more service, so you might need to upgrade a little bit uh, elsewhere to, to help continue. And, and certainly one area that has struggled this year is the right wing position, which we didn't think was going to be a problem coming into this year. Uh, But Chris Mueller's form wasn't great to start the season. And then he made the move to to join the Scottish side and Orlando made him on his contract through the end of the year. So he was an unhappy boy for the, the last several months. And that shows up on the field. It does. And that's, you know, once again, we're not saying that he's not putting in the effort. He's too professional for that. But anytime that you are unhappy, it's going to leak through no matter how much of a, uh, a motivational poster of a person that you are. Right. I mean, if I'm not in a good mood at work, my productivity, I'm sure, suffers the same as you or anybody else. Exactly. So um, it's going to be interesting. And of course, after the season ends, you and I will go through the contracts and we will do our stays and goes. Oh, yeah. Always fun. Yeah, we probably should do that for the pride here in the next week or two also. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be taken out of our hands when the, when those get handed in. Um, anyway, uh, any other news that we need to talk about with the team? Not that that was Not... news. That was just more like a persistent like a... rumor followed by me throwing something out there. <laughs> Rampant speculation, our speciality. Yeah. Not even speculation, just like a what-if scenario, kind of like the, the Marvel show. I like it. Yeah. All right. So we could talk a little bit about the MLS Awards, Dave. The year-end awards came out. The uh, finalists have been set. And we went through, and I went through the line. I was like, okay, let me find out who am I going to be doing a story about? What are we going to be talking about in Lion Links? Nothing. Nothing. No awards no, none of the major awards uh, will go to a lion this year. Uh, there are two lions up for ancillary awards. Uh, Sebas Mendes is up for goal of the year, which is incredible when you consider when you consider some of the goals that have been scored this year. But Sebas didn't win goal of the week, and he's up against right. the he's up against the goal that beat him and a whole lot of other goals. So I don't know that he's going to be able to pull off goal of the year. But it would be incredibly poetic if he did, because that would be a, a more important win over Joseph Martinez than goal of the week. Yes, yeah, so get out there and vote if you haven't already. <laughs> um, the other thing on goal of the week is the the um, snub of Nani's uh, back heel, cheeky back heel goal not being in there at all. Yeah, yeah, well... I don't know. I didn't go through it too much. I, I I was already irritated, so I didn't want to go through it to see if what else wasn't in there. 
though, uh, Galese is up for save of the year. Rightly so. Yeah. So maybe he can win that. But uh, again, all the chosen children are in there. The Turners and the Willises and, you know, the Blakes and yeah. all of them. Uh, so let's go through these just real quick. Um, Landon Donovan, MLS Most Valuable Player finalists are Valentin Castellanos from New York City FC, Carlos Hill from New England, Hani Mukhtar from Nashville, João Paulo from Seattle, and Daniel Soloway from Sporting Kansas City. Uh, no surprise, really, that there's no Orlando City players up for this. That was uh, probably Nani was the most likely but um, you know his his production hasn't been uh, has struggled down the stretch, and, and people are quick to say, well, they, he always does that. But I will point out that you know that kind of coincided with the time he was barely able to get on the pitch because he was he, he was playing hurt basically. Yeah. Um, All State Goalkeeper of the Year finalists. You might have thought Pedro Galese might be in the running, but no, it's Blake Turner and Willis. Defender of the Year finalist, she thought maybe Antonio Carlos had a shot to get in there, but it's uh, Yamar from Seattle, Miles Robinson, and Walker Zimmerman. And the Newcomer of the Year finalists are Chicho Arango from LAFC, Ryan Gold from Vancouver, and uh, Chofis Lopez from San Jose. Uh, we don't see the West a whole lot, so uh, yeah. I guess they got all the good young players over there. There's no good ones in the East. No, not in the East. Uh, it's just a bunch of old people running yeah. around. I should say newcomers, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, it, it used to be. Yeah. Well, there is a young player it. of the year. Uh, Julian Araujo from the Galaxy, Tejan Buchanan, and Ricardo Pepe are up for that. Uh, comeback player of the year finalists are Hill, uh, Chicharito, and Daniel Salloway. And I think... Chicharito probably is the guy you should probably win that, I'm guessing. Yeah. Had a huge year this year. Uh, The MLS Works Humanitarian of the Year finalists, Julian Araujo from Galaxy, Justin Morrow from Toronto, Brad Stuver from Austin. The Sigi Schmid Coach of the Year finalists are Bruce Arena, Robin uh, Robin Fraser from Colorado, Brian Schmetzer from Seattle. Did Schmetzer get Seattle as far as you would have expected him to? No. I mean, I, I don't know. He's He's got one of the best teams in the league, and they finished among the top in the league. So, you know, good job. You did what you're supposed to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's that's what I'm getting at is it's what more – you're hitting expectations. Yeah. So how is that going above and beyond? Right. And Arena, I mean, obviously they ran away with it, so he deserves to be there. Uh, sure. Colorado, a shock winner of the West. So he deserves to be there. Um, I, I know that Orlando City finished sixth in the East. It's nothing special, but I really think that was one of the best coaching jobs Oscar Pereja has done. It's, it was, he had to, I think coach better this year to get similar results. Right. Well, and you know, this is, this is one of those awards. And, and that's the thing about the awards is if the voting all takes place before the, postseason's done well let's let's say orlando city you know miraculously goes through and wins the whole freaking thing how is oscar not the you know coach of the year right and you know 
everybody that's a finalist did a fine job. I have no arguments with them, but it's like, you know, Oscar started the year. He didn't have his striker. He loses his replacement striker in the first game. He had to deal with early suspensions, early injuries, uh, never had his starting 11 one single time in 34 games, and had to do without the guy that makes his team go, the, the way the offense works with this team. Um, you need contributions from your left back and your right wing. And those were not areas that contributed all almost all year. I mean, because Jean Moutinho was out most of the year, or good, really big chunks of the year with injuries, and Mueller underperformed. So, yeah, it's. I think this is one of those. The guys who are looking at this at a national level are not boiling down, and they're just looking at <laughs> the big names and what's going yeah. on versus, you know. Yeah. I mean, I imagine if you talk to anybody like us when, for any other club, they could pick out reasons why perhaps they're a coach to be. Maybe not all of them, you know, if you're. Yeah, FC Cincinnati, maybe. Yeah, not and like that. I said, I don't, I don't have a problem with with who made it. I'm just making the case that Oscar deserved consideration, and maybe he got consideration. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's mm-hmm. just not finalist material uh, based on where they finished. But again, I, I think he had to coach even better to get the team to where it is this year than he did last year. There was there was more of an even playing field uh, this year than there was last year. So there was. You know, he he got to avoid some pretty big teams last year that he didn't have to play, and that helped raise the team a little bit. He had, you know, they didn't have nearly as many injuries. They weren't without Galese for a period last year like they were this year. They weren't without Sebas Mendes for a good chunk of the year like they were last year. Uh, these are all things that kind of added up, and, and I think that, uh, yeah, it was pretty. it would have been a pretty good year uh, to have uh, – you know, to have gotten some credit for that. But like you said, all he has to do is go out and win MLS Cup, and then everybody will say, hey, good job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that hard. Just That's the better trophy there. if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I imagine if you ask him <laughs> which one he wants, yeah. it would be that one. Yeah. And you know, I, I thought he deserved to win it last year. Yes, I I believe so. I mean, but uh, you know, who am I to say? It's uh, Jim Curtin won it, and I can't, I, you can't really argue too much about that either. No, but I still think he deserved it. All right, uh, and there's also awards for referee and assistant referee of the year, and I, I don't care. Don't care one little bit at pro, all. Pro I'm is gonna, always always going to pro. So gonna pro. Don't care. Uh, all right. So, cool. anything else we need to touch on with this? I don't think so. I mean, we are we are flogging <laughs> it, right? <laughs> I think they should just print out all of those tweets that with the nice graphics that MLS put out with for each of those finalists and they should just put them on the wall, you know, then, make, make Galese look at goalkeeper of the year finalists, make uh, Antonio Carlos look at the defender of the year finalists and not see their, you know, names there. And, you know, anything you can put on the bulletin board this time of year, it's not hey. a bad thing. Well, there's probably uh, smarter people than, than us, at least as far as soccer goes in that, uh, in that clubhouse, so hopefully they are doing exactly that. I refuse to believe there's anyone smarter than us, Dave. Okay, I'm with <laughs> you on that. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the... No, let's talk a little about the NWSL before we talk about the qualifying, because we don't really have any pride news. So let's talk NWSL soccer. 
I don't know if you are as tickled as I am, but I think it's great that the two Pacific Northwest teams got upset in the semifinals, and we will have a champion other than Seattle or Portland. You love to see it, and you love to see it happen that way. And you love to see it, especially because originally the final was going to be out there, and then they moved it back east, and you know everybody's like, oh, no, they're going to have to travel. Guess what? No, they don't. Yeah. Well, so Washington Spirit and Chicago Red Stars. Um, the Red Stars have been in it recently. The Spirit is kind of surprising. I mean, they had to battle their way in, and, and so did Chicago sort of late in the season, taking some of those spots that uh, the Pride were trying to grab. And uh, so that will be that'll be a fun final because uh, either way it'll be a, a a team will win that we did not expect to be there at the end of the year. Indeed, and like you said, no L O L rain, no Portland Thorns. You know, it's the whole thing that people had with uh, Brady and the Patriots when they just kept winning. You know, you, you didn't necessarily hate them, but you were just sick of it. You know, can we get can we watch somebody anybody else? And it's I think it's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's uh, but those two two rosters are extremely loaded, and so not that the Spirit have a bad roster, not that Chicago have a bad roster. It's just that those seem like stacked rosters. Uh, Seattle getting some help from Olympic Lyon, yeah, and uh, Portland just be in Portland. Um, everybody right. wants to play there apparently, so it's just like all you got to do is say, "Hey, you want to come to Portland?" and they go, "Yeah," and then you sign them or you trade for them. Like here, here's a pen. And say, yeah, sweet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention now to the U.S. men's national team. Dave, you were in the woods for this, and I got to tell you, I know you've seen it since then, but there's nothing like seeing it happen live, yeah. as the United States, for the third time in a calendar year, defeat Mexico. And it's not in Columbus, but it is in Ohio for hashtag Dos Acero. You love Dos Acero. I mean, it. it I'll take Cuatro Acero, but there's something about the history of Dos Acero that just makes it all the sweeter. The best part about two nothing is that every time it, you just know that it irks and needles them, and you just you'd almost go, "Oh, is it two nil?" And I have a penalty. Oh, let me just kick this into the 50th row. Oops. <laughs> yeah, because we want it to be two. <laughs> you have to live with the two. That's right. Dos uh, acero. Uh, but yeah, I guess apparently this is a thing throughout the state of Ohio. It doesn't have to be in Columbus. Uh, I'll take it. You know, <laughs> wherever in, in Ohio you guys want to do it, go play in the horseshoe. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, it'll work. But yeah. uh, so that was a big. You and I talked last week. I said if we if we beat Mexico and and just just get a draw against Jamaica, I'll be happy. Well, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, after we beat Mexico, I know you were, you and I were both thinking, well, maybe a win against Jamaica would be nice. Yeah. But... Well, I, I said I would settle for it. I didn't yeah. necessarily mean that. That's what I wanted the outcome to be. And no, they, you know, it was. You know, that was a tight, nervy game against Mexico. But I thought, for me, and I, I know that the announcers talked about it differently, 
for me, I thought the U.S. looked great against Mexico in a way that they don't normally look great against Mexico. Yes, Mexico had the better opportunities, but they were like, they were off of counters and they were in transition and they were, you know, they, they did have some good opportunities and they got their shots on target. The U.S. mostly bossed the game, though, held more yep. possession. They pressed high and it bothered Mexico. And they got into good spots to get those same types of opportunities, but they were missing the net or, you know, getting them blocked or just mishitting them. They weren't, it wasn't like, you know, oh, well, they had, they had just as good a chance as I felt for the most part. There were two Mexico chances that were probably the two best chances of the half, but then like the next four or five were probably the U.S. and then another, the next one's Mexico. So it was like it's not like they didn't have good chances. And they had a good chance early with uh, Tim Weah, and they had a two-on-one, and he decided for whatever reason to try a, a shot from 35 yards out with Brendan Aronson breaking behind the defender, and it didn't come close to worrying the goalkeeper. It was just a slow dribbler. Uh, so that was that was an opportunity to score early. And I didn't think Weah played great in the first half, but he was getting into great positions and doing some good things. I thought Aronson was showing his good energy in the in the press. He's a great guy to have, you know, when you're pressing high. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, maybe we were talking in the chat room internally. We're like, well, maybe Aronson can wear them down a little bit in the second half. Maybe you bring on Pulisic for, for Weah. But instead they brought in Pulisic for um, Aronson and... It was the right move because in the second half, Tim Weah looked like a whole different player. He was amazing throughout the second half. And to one, you know, he was putting dangerous cross after dangerous cross. And I, I tweeted at one point, can somebody just please get on the end of one of these, or, or somebody please stop wasting one of these Weah crosses. And it was about five minutes after that, that uh, Pulisic got onto the end of one and put it in. It's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Christian. We appreciate that. Yeah. yeah a light switch got flipped or something because Weya just uh, transformed in that second half and, and was nearly unstoppable. Like you said, he, he just worried Mexico up and down the field. And then when you know, Pulisic comes in, I, I believe his first touch was the goal. And that's huge. And, you know, I, I wrote about where he got all the press because of the whole shirt thing and the man in the mirror with, you know, with what Ochoa had said and, and all that. And that's cool. And I love him for it because it's a rivalry and you treat it as such. And that was brilliant. Yeah. Evidently way, had a hand in writing that message on the shirt. So even then he was involved in it and that's just, that's even better. Well, I'm a little confused because I thought that, Christian Pulisic lifted up the shirt and his t-shirt said beat Nashville. Right. Yes. That was, uh, I, the replay, they changed it, which is of course what I watched and it said man in the mirror. So the original one I think was beat Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Must've, yeah. must've, it was Photoshopped or something. It was edited in post. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, they, they put the game away late. Uh, I think it was what Weston McKinney with the second goal. Weston McKinney. Yep. Yeah, another timely goal, and unfortunately, he got a yellow card, so he had yellow card accumulation, couldn't do the uh, Jamaica game. Miles Robinson gets red card, second yellow, so he gets a red card late in the game. He's not going to Jamaica, and that kind of took a little bit of the fun out of it, but uh, in the end, it's 
Stosacero. It's a win. Yeah, you you love to see it. You absolutely yeah. love to see it. And then on the Jamaica game, <laughs> the thing about and it's always the thing about Jamaica is there was a, a, a solid tweet out from somebody that uh, showed Burhalter out on the on the pitch walking around, and you just know that he's going, oh god, oh oh no, oh god, this is, uh. <laughs> and and it they make they make it look. Like I feel like they go out there and they're the guys, you know, they're um, Bill Murray from Caddyshack, and they kind of just they, you know, put a little sensimia on, you know, here and there, and make the uh, make the field look okay for the cameras. But as soon as anything happens, it just goes to pot. Well, maybe they do have gophers under that field because it just looks like it. It just looks bad. It's always the. I mean, that is just kind of. You look throughout CONCACAF, and it's the great equalizer because these these countries have people in them that can take care of a damn lawn. Oh, sure. All of them do. Everybody's got groundskeepers that are capable of, of keeping a, a good pitch. Everybody could go out and get you know, equipment and make sure the dirt is level and then put the sod down and make it nice and everything. But this is how you equalize when you don't necessarily have the same skill level. Um, is you you just make people like trip over ant hills while you're out there? Yeah. So what I want you to do <laughs> is kill all the gophers. Yeah, but that's I mean they know where the gopher tunnels are, so they know to step over them. They don't trip over them, and yeah, it just looked like it looked like the U.S. was running in mud. And I, I don't know what if it was just um, an emotional letdown after a very emotional victory a few days before. It's really hard to to get your mind right after a game like that. It's like, you know, that's a, something that a young team has to learn is how to handle that. It's like, yes, we did what we accomplished to do. Now we have to forget that ever happened and get to the business of the next game. And that's really where the team is, is needs to take that next step. But Tim Weah goes out there and gets a goal in the first half. And you're like, Whoa, this team never scores in the first half. Well, Wea just kept, you know, doing what he was doing against Mexico. And so, you know, he gets that first goal and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Now, I didn't get to see the second goal because I was driving home because it was not a decent hour to have a soccer game. So, of course, I get home and it's 1-1 and I'm like, what, what, what happened? <laughs> what happened was a glazo that nobody was stopping. Yeah, I saw the replay. I saw the, the highlight and uh, it would be really nice if people, People from CONCACAF island countries would stop firing in golosos from distance on when we're on the road in World Cup qualifying. It would be nice. I don't think they're going to, but we could. Well, ask why them. not? They don't do it against Mexico. Why are they doing it against the U.S.? Um, I'm not going to get into it. There's probably all kinds of geopolitical motivations behind that. Probably. I just, I'm looking at you, Trinidad and Tobago. I'm looking at you, Jamaica. Knock it off. We don't like it. No. No more. No. You know, one thing that we could do is just buy them and turn them into a state and then force them to have good pitches. <laughs> that sounds a little... Um, Imperialist? Imperialistic oppression yeah. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. um, you know... Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not a great idea. Yeah, it's a nice country. Shame if something were to happen to it. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. 
I've been to Jamaica. It's actually, uh, I, I had a lovely time when I went there. So I'll bet you did. All right, so it ends that way. 1-1, maybe a little fortunate for the U.S. because there were some, some nervy moments in that game. There was a goal that was waved off for a foul that seemed kind of soft. Um, I mean, if you're going to hit Walker Zimmerman late in a game when he's about to face Orlando City, hit him harder than that. <laughs> Get your money's worth on that foul. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm saying. Just make it count. Do us a favor, would you? Yeah. So much to ask. Sheesh. Uh, so, but then again, you could say that, and there was another opportunity. I think Chris Richards had a potential handball in the box. It wasn't called. So Jamaica had some opportunities to win the game. But you could also say Jamaica should have been down to 10 men in this game too. So yeah. in the end, maybe a result, uh, uh, maybe a fair result for both teams, getting a 1-1 draw. So or uh, the U.S. gets uh, four points out of six. Not a bad window when it's only two games. It's kind of a bad window when you have three or four. But they only had two. So, and if it, if it's a one-game window and you get four points, ho ho, man, you hit the jackpot. That is ultimate concacapping. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, that's it for uh, until January for the U.S. qualifying. They'll have a friendly in December against Bosnia and Herzegovina, and I think it's unfair to have to play two countries at once. Yes, that is. Uh, I mean, we all remember what happened in Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, I mean, if we could have just probably just taken Tobago or Trinidad. It would have been fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And they gang up on you like that. That's how they get you. Yeah. That's like kids yeah. versus pros at Exploria Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you got a hundred kids running around. Uh, even Kaka is going to look bad sometimes. Right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, I think that's about all the damage we can do for the first part of the show. Why don't we take a quick break? We will come back and do our mailbag, and then we will get on to the business of previewing Orlando City at Nashville SC. Sound good? I like it. All right, we're going to get to that right after this. And we are back. David, it's time for us to open the mailbag, see what's inside. There's two ways that people can ask us anything. One of those ways is on Twitter by hitting us up at the mainland as our Twitter account. Use the hashtag AskTMLPC. So at us, use the hashtag, and ask us anything that way. Or you can email us. That's the old-fashioned way, you know, like your, like your great-grandparents used to do in the 30s. Um, you can email us the mainland at gmail.com is our, our email account. And I'm sure Gmail's probably been around since at least 1921, but, uh, that's the way we roll. We're old. So you can email uh, it's, us. It's called an electronic mail. Yes. Do you have a computer? <laughs> no. Why does that matter? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, those are the two ways you can ask us anything. There is nothing in the Gmail box, I checked twice. I uh, I don't know if maybe the mailman delivered it to the wrong box, but uh, we didn't get anything in there. What do we have in the Twitters? We do have one in the Twitters. And thank goodness for friend of the pod, Ryan Smith, stepping up and being the, the lone voice in the wilderness this week <laughs> for us. And he asks, 
Do we know if Dodson and Bender are back with the Lions and training locally? With the contracts and possible turnover of next season, would you expect to see more of them in purple or another lone move? That's a good question, Ryan. Thanks for asking it. Uh, from Based on the club announcing that they'd been returned from their loan spells, I'm assuming that they have been back and have been training with the club. I have not been to training, and I have not seen pictures from training, so I don't know for sure, but I would assume that they are back. Uh, the second part of that question is a little more difficult. I'm not sure if Jordan Bender is is MLS ready at this point. I'm not sure Derek Dotson is for that matter, but Derek Dotson at least had a very productive loan spell, which yes. Jordan unfortunately didn't didn't get a lot of playing time. And I'm from what I've heard is that nobody's really that happy about how that that loan was sort of handled by the team he was loaned to. Uh, but it is what it is, and Derek, I'm not sure. Um, certainly in training camp, he's going to get an opportunity to produce, and uh, if he produces and proves that he belongs, he'll be here, and we might see a little bit more of him next year. Obviously, we're going to see what happens at the striker position because there's still the whole matter of Daryl DK uh, and European teams wanting him, allegedly. Uh, there's also the matter of what is going to go on with Pato, because Pato is still here. And even though it was only announced as a one-year deal, our sources said there was an option year that didn't get uh, somehow didn't get into the press release, but we were assured that there was an option year. So it's a potential pickup of that option. Um, you know, it's Tesho still here for now. I mean, I don't know. Anything now, can happen yeah. between now and then. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Derek Dodson get an opportunity. I, w- I would like to see him in the preseason get some get some opportunities. Absolutely. I, look, he, he went on his loan, and, and he tore it up pretty good for them. So uh, he, he did exactly what you want a player to do when they go on loan like that, and he produced. He scored goals for them, and uh, I'm sure they loved him for it. Mm-hmm. Now he's back, and like you say, he'll have his opportunity to prove himself, take what he you know learned and hopefully developed while on loan, bring it back and see if he can make it work and, and step up to the next level. And yeah. then there's and so there's... much going on with who's going to be here that uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, and there's also another guy who went out on loan, and that's David Loera. Yeah. And he had a pretty decent little loan spell with Phoenix Rising, so... You know, anytime these guys can get more experience, it's only going to help them. But that doesn't mean that they're going to ma- get more minutes here. They have to earn those minutes. And Oscar, I think, is, has shown a willingness to play young players if they show mm-hmm. that they can play. So they're they're in the right spot for getting playing time early if they earn that if they earn that playing time. Yeah, well, Oscar's whole thing was you know bringing up young players at FC Dallas, and there's no reason to think that that's not also the plan for Orlando City. I agree. I agree. Uh, that is our only Ask TML PC question. Is that correct? That is correct, and we've triple checked at this point. Yeah, I'm going to pull a non-hashtagged question into this since we Ooh. only had the one question. Uh, we did have a question from Derek Christian on Twitter. And it didn't have the hashtag, so I don't know if it was meant for just for Twitter or for here. So I'm going to go ahead and say, 
why not answer it here? Because we only have the one question. <laughs> yeah, so Derek says, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but how many guys are City looking to have to decide contract options on soon? Ooh. Uh... Well, that would spoil our stays and goes segment, which is going to come would. up after the season. We're not in any hurry to get to that. No. Or, uh, so I'd say, yeah. <laughs> I say, yes, you are getting maybe a little bit ahead of yourself, but it won't be too much longer any way you look at it. I mean, even a, a run through the playoffs is going to be, you know, over in a matter of weeks. So, you know, it depends on your definition of soon, I guess. But if you, you know, if we're looking down through the contracts, there are a number of players and key players who will need to be, you know, They'll be out of contract, they'll need new contracts, and there'll be other guys with options that need to be either picked up or declined. So there's, there are quite a few. There's there's some players on this team this year that are not going to be here next year. So Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to – we will let you know what that is when the time comes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be an interesting offseason. Like last offseason, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. Like obviously Pato was the big news. Um, Sylvester Vandervater, you know, we all thought we'd probably see a little bit more of him than we did this year. But, um, yeah, it, everybody sort of adjusts at their own pace. Vandervater didn't, uh, didn't adjust quickly as you might expect him to or, or would want him to. He also had some injury issues when he first got here. So, you know, we'll have to see how it goes. We'll have to see what they bring in. But I expect a lot more movement this this offseason than last offseason. And like I said, if they go one and done, you may see new DPs across the board. Yeah. And remember, big difference between last season and this season's offseason is Wilf money. Wilf money, yes. But also the expectation level has been raised now. It has. Uh, this is a team now that has... This team has made the playoffs two years in a row. That's a lot different than a, a, you know, a team that has struggled to get to the playoffs year after year after year. The, the expectations now are higher, but also the Wilfs want a winner, and they're willing to pay for it. And other teams are getting better, and they've. I think primarily one of the reasons Orlando finished where it did is other teams in the East got better, and Orlando basically didn't. Yeah, they yeah, stayed pat. And just hope that you know everybody they'd get the same or better this year out of everybody, and you know you add a Pato and you you know you add a Vandervater for a little depth on the right, and you you know you're thinking that's that maybe that's enough, but it turns out not so much, especially when everybody spends time on the injured reserve. Yeah, it was rough, but you know they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So, with a team record for wins and a team record for points. Yeah, it's it's hard to complain too much. I mean, I'm not saying that we can't complain. There's all kinds of things we can complain about. But at the end of the day, they're in the playoffs. They've got a chance. And, you know, there's there's a lot of guys who are, are now healthy that weren't for a lot of the season. Yeah, the window uh, on some of these guys winning here is coming to a close. Some of these guys are getting a little older. Yep. And, uh, and, of course, you know, contracts will be up and then they'll I have to decide how do we want to spend this money? Do we want to bring this player back? What have you know? What do we have promised? If if we pick up an option, how much is that option? How much of a raise is this player getting versus their production? There's all kinds of stuff that goes into that that we're not even privy to. So um, I like the question though. 
and I am going to be excited to talk about stays goes when the time comes, but I really would rather put that off for a few weeks. Yeah, if we can wait a while on that one, we would prefer it. Yeah, we're not in a hurry. No, no. Let's let's talk about a bunch of other matches first. <laughs> yeah, I will say that, you know, Ryan Smith's question, that was a good question, kind of didn't require tons of homework, and yeah. it was uh, liked by David Victor. Oh. Which means so... David Victor knew it was time to ask questions. And yet there was nothing in the email. Yeah, I can only assume that Ryan Smith took David Victor's question. I think that's best case scenario. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. All right. Um, well, Dave, there's a playoff game next week before you and I reconvene. Yes, there is. Um, I think it's a little rude of the uh, the league to interrupt our recording night. Yeah, I'm really wondering why we weren't consulted on that. They usually do such a good job of talking to us before they do anything. They practically listen to every word we say. Practically. <laughs> yeah, it's Orlando City at Nashville SC Part 4. And you know, the only thing harder than drawing a team three times in a year is drawing them four times in a year. Yeah, well... It is Nashville, and they are at home. <laughs> 18 draws for Nashville over the course of 34 games. 18. That's insane. Uh, and people are saying, well, you can't play for a draw in the playoffs, and I beg to differ. You can. Uh, Orlando City happened to draw its first ever playoff game against they New did. York City FC, and you may recall that in the playoffs, when you draw – and you go to extra time and there's still a draw, it's a draw. And then you decide who moves on in the playoffs by a penalty shootout because that's the best thing that they have been able to come up with. And so that's how we do it. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's dumb. It should go down as a win. Well, it's not. So shut up. (laughs) You draw, but advance. Yes, exactly. So, when you look at it that way, Orlando City still looking, Dave, for that first playoff victory. Yes, they are. Technically. Technically. Uh, But they've played in two, so that's good. They've got some experience now. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? What is your... What is your key matchup against Nashville? (laughs) We've done this so many times, and I, I know, you know, technically... The teams drew three times this year, but in reality, Orlando City won the last meeting. Yes, they did. Um, you know, everybody knows that, except apparently Alan Chapman. Yeah, I haven't heard if he... Uh, Pro has since come out very quietly and admitted that they were wrong. I doubt Chapman has done the same. Yeah, it was not, it was not good. It was not good. So that goal should have absolutely stood... Daryl did not foul, and nope. uh, yeah, that should have been a goal. So, but anyway, it anyway. would be better to win this game outright than any of the three previously. Correct. This one is more important. As far as the uh, key matchup, 
it's going to sound like we're repeating ourselves or I'm repeating you or you're repeating me, but we need to break down that defense of Nashville and somehow get through and score goals, which they did last time. Mm-hmm. We just need to do it a couple times because Nashville is very stubborn on that end of the field. Mm-hmm. And so that's, yeah, once again, I know we've said it at least three times this year, but that's what they need to do. Yeah, the last time that the Lions went to Nashville, they were down 2 nothing. They got a goal to make it 2-1. And then they just went ahead and made Nashville score on themselves because it's hard to score on them. So you just make yeah. them score on themselves, and that's better. That Yeah, that was uh, – it was a good plan. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how Oscar – Drew that up in the midweek meetings. Yeah, that, was, that was that was practice on the training. Yeah, let's go behind by two goals, and then what we'll do is this. <laughs> what do you think of this idea? You're gonna You'll love never it. Never see it coming. Yeah. We're not gonna. Well, how are we gonna score a second goal? We're not. They are. Ah. That's genius. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, right. No. So the and only way to top that is to make them score two times against themselves. Two times. Yes, that's what I think. Right. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I'll, I'll take goals any way that we get them. If uh, somehow a you know pigeon flies out there and accidentally knocks the ball in and, and is credited with the goal, I'm fine with that. Have you been training some pigeons, Dave? Not saying that I haven't. Okay, well that's good enough for me. So. All right, you're absolutely right. This is a team that needs to break down the Nashville defense. It's absolutely a key matchup. They've got to be able to. Daryl's going to have to deal with Walker Zimmerman, and you know the other defenders there are also very good. He's going to have to. He's going to have to do it. Romney and those guys—they're all solid guys, but he's going to have to find little ways to win one v one battles in tight spaces. The wingers are going to have to deal with getting around the wingbacks through the midfielders and just that tight, compact way that they play. It's it's maddening. You have to be patient. I thought they were extremely patient in the last meeting. And, and they were very, very patient in the final game against Montreal when Montreal played, uh, plays a very similar defensive style. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to lean on that and say, look, we've just done this two times in a row. <laughs> Let's do it again, but this time without the turnovers that create problems on the other end. And I'm going to take my key matchup to point out the other end of the pitch and say they just need to take care of the ball and not give Hani Mukhtar and Randall Leal and CJ Sapong opportunities in transition because that's exactly what Nashville wants to do. They want to sit back and wait for you to make a mistake, and they want to punish you for making a mistake, and they've got offensive players that can do that, and that's how their team is built. If you don't make a mistake, they figure the worst happens is we draw. And if you do make a mistake, they got good enough players they can punish you and win the game, and that's the way that they play, and I hate that way, but it's been a very successful way for them. It has. That's why they're uh, hosting this match. So. All right, do you want to give your score prediction first, or do you want me to do mine? I want you to do yours, so then I can complain that you took mine, even if you didn't. Okay, so it's Nashville, Mm -hmm. and it's Orlando City, 
And it's going to be a draw. I'm calling 1-1. And I'm calling a 5-4 Orlando advances, much like last season. Wow. Okay. Well, you took my score. I knew it. Uh, So I will say the final is 2-2. Okay. And I will say Orlando wins 5-3 on penalties. And Nani nails his. Nice. This is the the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. I think Nani goes first. Okay. Um, Because I think he was previously the fifth shooter, and I think now Daryl will be the fifth shooter. Uh, Yeah, I I can see that. I would agree with that. So we will see how it goes. We'll come back next week. We've each... We've each predicted a draw in a playoff game with a shootout, and we'll see how it goes. And it's we'll come. Nashville. How could you have predicted anything else? I don't know. Here's some potentially good news. There actually, there's no way this holds up, so I shouldn't even bring it up. But currently, Dave, the country of El Salvador leads mm-hmm. Panama one nil at the 31st minute. What? Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of a big. Uh, Big score for uh, the U.S. If if El Salvador was able to pull some points away from Panama, that'd be pretty tremendous. I'd uh, like that. Yeah, and, and then, then we're we're obviously hoping for a Mexico Canada one one draw or any kind of draw at the Ice Teca. Yes, the Ice Teca, which is been that's been on the Twitters all day long. Yeah, and I've been loving every part of it, including the early shots of the actual snow coming down. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, who would have ever in a million years have thought that we'd be at November 16th and that there could be snow in Edmonton? Certainly not I. I mean, that's stretching it. Shocking, shocking. (laughs) What happened to global warming, huh? Right. (laughs) Fools. Yeah. Listen to your cult leaders, why don't you? Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) we want to draw in that game. I don't know why I'd. Went off on a tangent. I don't know. It it happened. Um, uh, I do like yeah. Ice Teca. I think that's a great name. Ice Teca's a great name, and it's so appropriate. And, it is. you know, maybe you don't put Teca in the name when you're playing Mexico, though. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. They don't They don't no, usually I, lose in Tecas. I know, but it's it's it was so identifiable. That... I will say it's better than... Uh, what was the what was the one that they were what was the one they were throwing around for the the rivalry between Orlando's oh Sun Pasico it's better than Sun Pasico oh yeah by yeah. by a mile yeah. it's not even close yeah hashtag Tropic Thunder um, so Dave we'll talk next week about the Orlando City and Nashville game hopefully we'll be previewing a second round game uh, you may recall if Orlando does win this game. They will get the winner of Philly and the Red Bulls. So it's not mm-hmm. like just a complete reseeding situation where they would go, you know, and necessarily and wouldn't necessarily be playing, you know, New York or, or New England next. It would be the side of the bracket they're on. They would be playing the winner of Philadelphia hosting New York Red Bulls. If it's Philly, it's a road game. If it's Red Bulls, hey, Exploria. I know. So. But. 
I don't know. All all I hope is that, as we said last week, hopefully when we come back next week, we're in a good mood, yeah. not a bad mood. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you look at it this way, if uh, who do, who should I root for in that game? Well, Philadelphia is a, a team that Orlando has beaten this year, and New York is not. But you could also say third time's a charm, so they're due, and also it's a home game. So yeah. Yeah, so either way, I mean, just advance, just survive in advance. That's that's really the name of the postseason. Indeed. Survive in advance. All right, Dave, anything else we need to discuss before we get out of here? I think we should let everybody go because I know you and I want to go watch the Ace Tekka. Okay, yeah, sure. They're warming up, <laughs> and that's not, an, that's not easy. It <laughs> wasn't really a joke when I said they're warming up, they're, but they actually are doing warm-ups. Uh, that, that'll, that'll do it for 272, uh, episode number 272. You can follow Dave on Twitter, at Mainland Dave. You can follow me, at Mainland Michael. You can follow the Mainland, at the Mainland. You can also uh, like us on Facebook, read our stuff at themainland.com, subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, and a review, and that review... For every five-star rating with a review, we read the review on the broadcast. We did not have one this week, Dave. That's a shame, because we do like reading those. We do. It's one of the joys we get in life, and apparently people do not want us to have pleasure, so they're not doing it. Why don't you want me to be happy? Yeah. This is why it's hard to love you, listeners. All right, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much to those who ask questions. We'll do what we always do at the end. Go City!